Welcome to the Portland Christian Center Podcast. This is our weekly podcast from our Sunday services. We love you. That truly has been one of the most privileged things that Myel and I have been, just getting to know so many of you, your stories, so many people that have walked with God, and Jeannie's one of them. And we just want to say thank you for your love for Christ, your commitment to the body of Christ, and we are not done yet. We are not yet done yet. I also want to make one last announcement before I get in the message. Uh, Don and Norma Shockley have been a part of PCC for many years. In fact, um, his wife Norma, um, she was Pastor Bill Wilson's uh, assistant and secretary. And Don told me in the lobby, not just once, but twice, multiple times. Um, but she passed away and she's uh, in heaven, no longer suffering. Come on, she's with Jesus. And we rejoice with that. Uh, but the family want to let everyone know that January 20th at 1 p.m., that's a Friday, there'll be a memorial for her here at Portland Christian Center. And so we just love you guys. We love the Shockleys. We love um, your family. And we thank you for your ministry and who you are. And we're just so grateful for all that God has done. Amen? Amen. You know, it's interesting being uh, a part of the body of Christ. We're all in different seasons, aren't we? We're in different seasons of life. And one of the things I just want to remind you that in every season, God is working. Every season of your life, God is working. Even when you don't see it, he's working. Even if you think that can't be God or there can't be some good come out of this. I love what Romans says for all of us that God works everything out to the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. The truth is, though, in every season, that what I just said is accurate, 100% true. But when you're driving a vehicle and things don't go the way that you want them to go, sometimes we can lose sight of that, sto- of that truth, can't we? I know that can happen for me. Case in point, just uh, about two weeks ago, we were going down to downtown Portland to get Christmas pictures done at the Benson Hotel. I'll let you see a picture of us. This is our family. Yes. Oh, man. Beautiful family. So grateful. But on our way down, uh, this took place down. Um, the timing was right during rush hour, about 4.35 o'clock, somewhere in there. And we are from the Tri-Cities. And if you don't know anything about the Tri-Cities, Washington, there's not a lot of traffic there. You would just get in your car and go and not think about anything. The only traffic you would see would be a combine crossing the street. So coming here, there's lots of traffic and things going on. And so one of the things I've learned to do before I go anywhere is I always grab my phone and I check the GPS because it will give you multiple routes. Does anybody else do this? Come on, if you haven't done try this, it has lots of different ways to get to the same place. And tomorrow it may be faster to go one way. The next day it might be faster to go another way. So I looked it up on my phone just before, and I'm thinking, man, I am smooth. I'm going to get us down there fast. I checked it out, and it, sure enough, the, the freeway would have been very slow. So there's this back way, and I'm thinking, I'm going to be efficient. I'm going to be on time, and I've got it dialed in. You know, guys, sometimes when you have that little extra confidence, <laughs> I was a little confident. And so as we're going, Mayel mentions to me, which way are you going? Why are you going this way? And I said, oh, honey, don't you worry. 
I have got this. I looked it up on the phone, the way to the, to the hotel. It's going to be, it's going to save us time. And so as we're turning, we're going down the road and about Taylor's Ferry, if you know that, that road, all of a sudden, a bus that was sent not from heaven <laughs> decided to get right in front of us and at about every 50 or 100 feet stop all the way till we got to Highway 99. And as, as you're going, you know, you can look on the GPS and you can see your, your estimated time of arrival. It kept growing and growing and growing and growing. And as we finally got there, I looked. This way was way slower than if I would have gone the other way. And I'll be completely honest with you. The best thing I could say in that moment was to say nothing. I was silent. If there was steam, it probably was coming out of my ears because my efficiency was completely gone. And the way that I thought I was going was going to be the right way. And it turned out to be, yes, it got me there, but not the way I would have wanted it to go. Have you ever been there in your life? Not just the road, which I'm sure we all have been there. But have you ever been there in life where you think your life should be going this direction. You've got it mapped out. You've got the directions. You know this is the way it's supposed to be. I always crack up when uh, Pastor Ray and Linda Noah, you're here. We're so glad that you guys are here, by the way. We love you guys. I always crack up because I've had lunch with him about once a month since he's got here. And he always has a story of how their flight and plan was supposed to go this way. And it ended up going this way, this way, this way, this way. And then they get there. And they always have a great attitude. They make it. They know God's working. But isn't it true, so often in our lives, if you were a passenger that got to watch you go, you would be thinking, are you sure you want to go that way? How, how are you going to get there? And today, we're going to jump into Scripture. And it's a, it's a story that I'm sure most of us have heard in Matthew chapter 2. If you have your Bibles, you can turn there. Matthew chapter 2, verse 1. But it's the story of the Magi following a star. Now, when you hear that, oftentimes people will look at that and be like, oh, yes, I know this story, I know this story. But I want you to have a fresh look at it this morning because if you were somebody observing this group of travelers and you said, how are you getting to your destination? And they say, oh, don't worry, we're following a star. <laughs> don't worry. And you're like, GPS on star? No. They're literally following a star. And as they're going, you, you just have to be wondering, are you sure that's the best way? Are you sure that's how it should go? And I, I think for all of us, whenever we're following somebody, we ask the question, man, who's really in charge? Who's leading me right now? And as we read this story, I believe that God's going to speak to every single one of you that even if your life right now is out of place or maybe it doesn't look the way you want it to look. Maybe you're disappointed. Maybe you're hoping things will change. Maybe there's tension in your family. 
Maybe there's sickness. Maybe Christmas isn't quite looking like the way you want it to look. I want to encourage you today that as we read this story in Matthew, that God is at work in your life. God is at work in your life. So we're going to pick the story up in Matthew chapter 2, verse 1. I'm going to read out of the NASB translation, the NASB translation today. Oftentimes I'll read in different translations. Some have asked me, why do you read out of the New Living translation so much? Well, it's obvious. It's got my initials. Hello. Just kidding. <laughs> No, the reason I do read out of the NLT often is because I have found it to be, uh, for people that aren't Christians or aren't, haven't been around church, it's the most readable to our vernacular here and what we usually speak. But I like the NASB. I like the ESV. I like the New King James. I actually memorized most of Scripture growing up from the New King James. And so sometimes when I have to go to NIV or different translations, it throws, anybody else have that throw you off? Yes, you're like, uh, these, thou's, thus, I don't know. And so that's, that's kind of the history and background. But the NASB, I like this translation, so we're going to read that today. And what I want you to understand, and I want to be very clear with all of us today, is that in your story, as you read Scripture, there's always a greater story to be told. God is at work. So in Matthew chapter 2, verse 1, it says this. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod, the king, behold, Magi from the east arrived in Jerusalem saying, where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled and all Jerusalem was with him. Let's pause there for just a moment. And this is Bible trivia. Fun Bible trivia. How many wise men or magi follow the star? Most people would love to say three. But if you read the text, you know what it says? Magi. And as you study this, you actually come to find out we don't know the exact number of magi that were there. The reason we think there was three because of the three gifts that were offered to Jesus. Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. But actually, when you study it, and there was a, there's, been, there's a president of uh, the Monterey Institute for Research and Astronomy, Dr. Craig Chester, when you study and you go back and, and you look at different things in history, what you find out is that a magi would travel more of like in an entourage a big group of people and they would come and they would go from court to court and they would come and they would celebrate the birth of a new king or if there was a transition happening and there was new leadership, they would come and they would pay honor and respect. And one of the things that's so cool about Matthew's account of this story is he is, he is establishing that Jesus is the king. That the Magi, this is something that was common. And the reason, one of the reasons Herod would be so troubled is that this whole entourage shows up to his palace and says, hey, we're here for the birth of the king. But guess what? It's not any of your kids. I mean, could you imagine being the king and this group of guys show up? Like, don't worry, we're here to celebrate. Isn't this exciting? But it has nothing to do with you. That would be disturbing. That would be upsetting. 
And here's what happens in verse 4. And gathering together all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. They said to him, In Bethlehem of Judah, for this is what has been written by the prophet. And you, Bethlehem, land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you will come forth a ruler who will shepherd my people. Then Herod secretly called for the Magi and determined from them the exact time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child, and when you have found him, report to me so that I too may come and worship him. Now, could you imagine being the Magi? I mean, these are wise people that have been saying, look at this, and you hear this. It's like, have you ever heard a story you just, you can't believe? Yes, the king who just told that his throne was going to be taken away from him. He just wants to come and worship the new one. <laughs> Doesn't work like that, does it? Let's keep reading and see what happens. After hearing the king, they went on their way, and behold, the star, which they had seen in the east, went on ahead of them until it came to a, to a stop over the place where the child was to be found. So right there, isn't that cool? When you read that, did you notice what it said? The star came to a... Stop. Oftentimes you'll hear people cr try and criticize scripture and say, oh, sailors have been using stars for navigation for years. That's just how they do. You can go right now and look at the, the star that points north. You have all kinds of different stars. You can look at astronomy and study and get direction of where to go. That's not what we're talking about today. The star was actually leading them and moving. And then it stopped to where they were supposed to be. In other words, this is a supernatural act of God. This is not just something where people are like, oh yeah, A, B, C, D, E, okay, this is where I go. This is God saying, no, follow me. Follow me. And it stopped right where they were supposed to be. And then it says this, when they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And after they came into the house, they saw the child with his mother, Mary, and they fell down and worshiped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And after being warned by God in a dream not to return to Herod, the Magi left, their own country, left for their own country by another way. Isn't it amazing when you read this story that God would use people from far, far away to point us to the fact that Jesus is king. The Magi are pointing to the fact that Jesus is Lord, he is king, and it is absolutely outrageous, especially if you're Herod in this story. Now, like I said, oftentimes when you are following God, or you're going through life, just driving, things may not go the way that you wanted them to go. And I want to encourage you today that if your life doesn't look the way that you want it to look, if there have been turns and curves that you didn't think should be there, I want to tell you this right now, that God is probably at work in the middle of that curve. If you look in scripture so often, God will ask you to follow him in ways that seem completely not the way you should do it. Few examples in scripture. You look back and Moses is out tending sheep and God speaks to him through a burning bush. 
That would be really easy to follow, wouldn't it? A burning bush is speaking to me. How about this? When God says to Joshua, I want you to go destroy Jericho. Sword, spear, cannons. How are we going to do this? No, we're going to march and we're going to sing and shout. Anybody ready for that battle plan? God will lead us in unusual ways. Think about this. When, when the children of Israel are following God, you know what they do? They follow a pillar of cloud by day and fire by night. One of the things I just want to encourage all of you this Christmas, it's outrageous, is that you may be thinking that you're leading your life, that you've got it all figured out, but God will ask you to follow him, to do what he's called you to do, and it probably won't look the way that you imagine it will look. And what's outrageous about all of this is that in all of your hopes and all of your dreams, all the things that you're imagining for your life, the Christmas presents that are about to be opened, the, all the things that are going on in your story right now, there is an outrageous truth that is way bigger than all the things that you're thinking about today. And here's the outrageous truth. It's the same thing for the Magi, same thing that was true for Moses, the children of Israel, for Joshua, all the way to you and to me. Here's the outrageous truth for all of us today. And you ready for what it is? The outrageous truth is this. You ready? is that God is the one pursuing you. His pursuit of you is outrageous. The big idea, if you're taking note, is his pursuit of you is outrageous. The Magi, they are following God. But here, here's the truth. Who put the star in the sky? God did. So while they're following God... I'm sorry, while they're following the star, guess who's actually leading them? Goddess. God's the one showing up. And if you're like me, and you're trying to follow God and discern what he wants you to do, we like the plans that we have. We like the order that we have. But what we have to realize is everything that you're doing is a response to God's initiation and love for you. John 3.16 says that for God so loved the world that he what? that he gave his one and only son to whoever who believes in him will not perish, will have everlasting life. The most outrageous truth about Christmas is not that you initiated, that you came to God, but that he's been pursuing you this entire time. It's outrageous. Now, here's the thing. I want you to look at your neighbor and say, neighbor. Okay, three of you did that. Let's try that again. <laughs> neighbor, wake him up. God's pursuing you. I want you to tell him, say, I already knew that. He told me. His pursuit of you is outrageous. And I want you to write this down because, number one, the challenge will be his pursuit of you will look different than you think. It will look different than you think. One of, one of the heroes of our faith is a man named Reinhard Bonnke. I'm sure you heard of him. He's been an evangelist, a speaker, saved thousands and thousands of people for God. And during the early time in his ministry, he wanted to go to Africa and he set up a tent for 35,000 people. That's a lot of people. 
And as they're getting ready for this crusade, a windstorm comes and knocks the tent over and completely destroys it. And they come to him, the people that are leading this crusade, and they say, oh, I guess we're going to have to cancel it. And he said, no, God says we're going to have a crusade. We're going to have a crusade. And instead of 35,000 people showing up, over 100,000 people showed up. And I want to show you a picture of this revival. Over hundreds of thousands of people through his ministry found Christ. Here's what I want you to see. If there was a tent there, could they fit underneath it? When God's working in your story, when God's working in your life, oftentimes we are more committed to our picture of what it should be than what God has created it to be. I want to ask you, just like myself, with your disappointments, with your hurts, with your pain, with the images that you have in your life, even though it may not look the way you thought it would look, remember this truth. He is the one pursuing you. God's love is so outrageous in the shambles and brokenness and the pain that we find ourselves so often. God's at work in you. He's at work in me. And he's not done with us. His pursuit of you and me is outrageous. The first obstacle you're going to have to overcome is that you're going to have to see it, the truth that God will do in a way that's not the way that you thought. The second thing that he's going to have, you're going to have to overcome is when you do this, is that faith will oftentimes look like risk. Faith will oftentimes look like risk. You know, when I think about all that God's done in my life, I remember one time in particular, and I, I got to be careful with the details of this, I was praying and worshiping Jesus, and it was in a service, and God gave me a word for somebody in the congregation. He dropped it, and the Holy Spirit told me to go speak to him. And I remember knowing it was God because I felt like my heart was going to... Have you ever had that moment when you're like, I got to obey, I got to obey? And I, and I, I just... Ugh. And there's this point where I want to risk, and I'm like, no! So I prayed, and I prayed, and I prayed... And there came a point where the Holy Spirit spoke to me so clearly. He said, are you going to obey or disobey? And I thought, ah! So I finally went and I, I gave this word to this person. And you know, whenever you speak to somebody and you think it's from God, you know what you're hoping for? Yes, thank you, Jesus. That's exactly what I was waiting for. I was baptized, healed, delivered, saved, sanctified. Everything happened right there in that moment. Come on, anybody else with me? You want the gates of heaven to open. You want all of it to happen right there. You know what he did? Thanks. And he walked away. I remember being so disappointed. And I remember thinking, oh, God, is that you? You know, you got to go through these different things. Like, God, is that you? And you know what God was breaking in me? this control that I thought it had to look a certain way. You see, control is a funny thing because we like to have control, 
But how many know there are times when you don't have control? I love this quote from Craig Groeschel. He says, I don't always have the power to control, but I always have the power to surrender. I don't always have the power to control, but I always have the power to surrender. So about a month later, this guy came back to me and he said, hey, do you remember that, that prophetic word, you know, or that, that you gave me? And I said, you know, yeah, I kind of remember that. Yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh thanks for reminding me, oh yeah. Inside I'm just like, oh yeah. And the guy was so calm, I'll never forget, he goes, yeah, everything you said came true, it was amazing. And then he walked away again. I just remember thinking like, where is your enthusiasm? Oh wait, let me read that again. I don't always have the power to control, but I always have the power to surrender. My question for you and me is who's leading you this Christmas? Will you surrender your control to God? You always have that choice. And it feels risky, the faith in God and trust him, it always feels risky, but I love what C.S. Lewis, Lewis wrote. He said this, living a life of faith requires risk, but not a reckless, inconsequential risk. The risk that God calls us to in faith, and I love this, is guaranteed to bring results, physical, emotional, or spiritual fruit that will far outweigh the courage required to step out in faith in the first place. We, when we know that the one who calls us, it becomes far easier to take risks because we trust that those beliefs we hold in our hearts can become a reality also in our lives. What risk is God asking you to take this morning? You see, when you think you're taking a risk, do you know what's actually happening? He's pursuing your heart. When you think you're here just because, oh, I just decided to show up. No, 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 no. You're here for a reason. You're here for a purpose. And his pursuit of you is outrageous. Pastor Paul and Heather who are amazing people down here on the front row. Love you guys. Uh, they um, were on their way to visit a fam. This was uh, 2021. They were on their way to visit some friends who had just opened a business in downtown Portland. And on their way, um, they happened to drive by a church uh, called Portland, Portland Metro Center, Christian Center down in Portland. And they noticed that there was a funeral happening uh, in, in, the, in, the, uh, in the church. And so as they're going, they both looked at each other and said, I feel like we're supposed to go. I feel like we're supposed to go. They weren't following a star. But the Holy Spirit just spoke to them and said, you need to go in there. And there's a lady named Ashley who they talked to in there, and we recorded their story. And I want you to hear the whole story. And uh, it's going to come up here on the screen. so delighted today to introduce to you my dear friend, Ashley. She's been attending Portland Christian Center for a couple of years now. And Ashley, can you share just a little bit about your experience here? Yes. In spring 2021, um, I was seeking a church for my children and I. I have three kids, Amaya, who's 10, Aliyah, who is six, and Lamarcus, who is four. 
We got a suggestion for Portland Christian Center and we walked through those doors. We were greeted with open arms and it's been family ever since. I myself got baptized, my children were dedicated to the Lord, and we really um, just focused on our faith and healing. We spent actually the first Thanksgiving at Pastor Heather's house with her and her family, and it was just so lovely. We are so grateful to be here. Awesome. Ashley, it was so awesome to see your kids perform at the Christmas program, and you are an, a wonderful mother. You know what, in the month of November, we focused on what it means to be generous. And we asked our church family to fill out these response cards for a need that they had or someone they knew. We got hundreds of responses back and we read through each one and prayed over them. One of those cards was yours. And we're together here today because you were willing to share with us your story and what prompted you to fill out that card. Well, as I said, in the spring of 2021, when we came to Portland Christian Center, we uh, were focused on our faith. We were focused um, on our healing individually and as a family. And then we started off the year, uh, January 1st this year, the father of my three children was murdered alongside his nephew. And it really just, it changed our life entirely. This year we have faced many hardships, including eviction, and just um, bearing the load to raise three children now on my own. I can't imagine what this year would have been like without God and without Portland Christian Center and our family here. And I just, a special thank you to you, Pastor Heather for all the love and support you have given us. Ashley, thank you for sharing your story with us and just being vulnerable. And I just know that God is with you and he's Absolutely. walking with you and he will continue to walk with you. And I wanna let you know, we as a church family are here with you and standing with you. We love you and I love you. I love you too. Thank, thank you. you. Mm. Yeah, amen, amen. We're with them, yes. So, like I said, they were just driving Portland. They saw the funeral, went in, prayed with Ashley. And uh, I would love, Ashley, would you come up? We want to pray for you. And Pastor Paul and Heather and Mayo, would you, Pastor Mayo, would you guys come? Would you welcome Ashley to the stage? Come on. Come on. Yeah. Well, we love you and we are, we are with you. This, we really are family. And his pursuit of you is outrageous, isn't it? Incredible. Incredible. Yeah, God's with you. And so one of the things that we've been praying about is how can we bless you? How can we bless your family? And uh, I know that God is with you guys and your kids. And it's been, it's been a rough, rough season. But we, as a staff, we prayed and as a team. And what we've decided to do as the generosity of our church is we are going to take care of the rent of your payments of your house for one year. We're gonna give you one year of your answer. Yes, church, would you extend your hands this way? We're gonna pray.
This is what the body of Christ is all about, isn't it? So Father, right now, I thank, I thank you for Ashley. I thank you for her story. Lord, I pray for her and her three kids, Jesus. I pray that you would be their father. That they would know your voice. That they would know that you are pursuing them. And for Ashley as well, Lord, that she would sense your presence. I thank you for what you're doing. Thank you that you're not done with her story. Thank you for pursuing her this Christmas. I pray for her and her family that this would be the greatest Christmas season of their lives, that they would experience your love and your grace. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Ashley, we're so excited for you. Church, would you stand with us? We're going to close. Ashley, we're so excited. We love you. Thank you so much. Yes, absolutely. Yes. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes with me just for a moment? I just believe that there are people here. You may have thought you were coming for something, but actually his outrageous pursuit of you is what's showing up today. Christmas reminds us that Jesus came to die and be raised from the dead so that we can have eternal life with him. Whether you're online or you're in this house, if you're here today and you wanna raise your hand, just say, man, I wanna surrender my life to Jesus this morning. Would you just lift your hand? I wanna pray for you right where you're at. If you wanna make a commitment, say, man, I'm gonna follow you, Jesus. Is there anybody here? Say, man, I wanna make Jesus my Lord and Savior. Thank you, I see that hand, that's awesome. Anybody else? Man, thank you, I see that, that's awesome. Lots of hands, a couple of hands, that's amazing. Go ahead and put your hands down. Father, right now, and church, would everyone repeat this prayer with me, the whole church? Say, Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Wash me and make me clean. This Christmas, I surrender my life to you as a response to your love for me. Thank you for pursuing me Thank you for not giving up on me. I'm going to follow you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's give the Lord a shout of praise for those that received Christ. Amazing. Oh, thank you, Jesus. As we close the service today, I want to invite all of our prayer partners to go ahead and come down. All the prayer partners, go ahead and come down. We're going to worship Jesus and I just want to remind you this Christmas, you may be going through something, but God is with you. He's for you. His outrageous love for you is here. If there's anything in your life that you need a miracle in, I would encourage you, please come down. We would love to pray with you. I believe that there is going to be people that are healed this morning. I believe there will be people that will be set free from addiction this morning. I believe that this Christmas, you're going to have the greatest Christmas present you could ever have, and that's his presence in your life. He is pursuing you, and it's outrageous. So, Father, as we worship you, and as these needs come down, I pray that you would meet us where we're at. We would see healing, we would see transformation, and that you would do what only you can do. In Jesus' name, amen. 
Thank you for listening to the Portland Christian Center Podcast. If you'd like to hear more or learn more about us, visit our website at pcctoday.com or join us online for our live stream at 1030 at live.pcctoday.com. Thank you.